from my perspective, look, we've been looking at whether it's you know preparing under Dave Camp. Uh, it's been about a six-year process essentially, getting to where we are right now. And Kevin Brady has done such a fabulous job of uh, really sort of orienting the Ways and Means Committee and the conference for that matter, putting us in the direction now to really embrace the framework, work out a lot of more details, obviously, but the framework itself is a big lift uh, forward in terms of making sure you've got a unified effort with the Senate and the House and the administration from the leadership perspective uh, moving forward, right, for lower rates on the business side. Um, and I think the pass-through component is really important uh, from what we not only hear from our constituents uh, back home from the small business angle, but also I think there was some convincing for the administration to pay a lot of attention to that side as well, because you know, going to the corporate rate of 20 and then having an all equal 40% reduction on the small business side, separating small business income from individual income uh, on the individual brackets um, is a good direction to go in terms of actually boosting the economy. So if you're gonna do tax reform once in a generation, um, you should really build it for growth. And you should also build it for permanency, so you've got the predictability, the certainty, and the confidence for those of you who are as stakeholders uh, and advising your folks to allocate your capital for five, 10 years on the horizon that you're gonna have that permanency you can count on. It's gonna be there down the road. And so if, 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 if growth is, is the direction to go, um, I think we've made a, a huge amount of progress in terms of getting the rates where they need to go. We have to work out some details because when border adjustability went on the sidelines, as Jim and I know, our internal conversations, you know, then there are revenue issues we have to sort of deal with, address, because we are moving forward with the budgets on the floor today and then coming up in the Senate that uh, set the stage for tax reform, where we want to be in sort of a revenue-neutral position for that permanency component. And I know that those budget provisions have to get ironed out because the chairman will be very explicit. We're not moving forward with, you know, a chairman's mark or legislative text or anything until this House budget passes, Senate budget passes, it's conference, it's signed, sealed, and delivered, right? And that's done and behind us. And so that's going to all be happening, you know, probably with the next month, few weeks. I mean, a lot is going to be happening towards the end of the year just around this project with the importance, I think, of knowing we have to get it done before the end of the year. And so when the conference went off-site last week, you know, Jim can expand these too, a lot of members still have a lot of questions, right, um, about the framework itself. But we came away from last Wednesday with, I think, more of a unified effort among the conference, which is really challenging within our conference, right, because of the different groups and factions, whether it's the Freedom Caucus or others. Uh, but I think there's just a recognition that this is so important to get done. We're on the right track. Um, there are still some details that uh, have concerns in you know, high tax dates on the SALT you know, deduction, things like that. But the reality is that um, I think there's a real commitment to get this done. Because when you're six, eight years putting this together, um, the time is now to actually see it through. Because if we want to be able to see the benefits for a stronger economy, it's, it's get it done this year, that goal. Don't set artificial deadlines, obviously. You know, we learned some lessons from healthcare. Uh, but, you know, shoot for the goal of having it take place next year so we can actually, our constituents can see the benefit of growth and where we need to go, uh, which is important. And then for me, I should mention this too. I was reading something recently, and this is interesting because I think of my four daughters, right? And they're in college, just getting out of college, preparing for college, I got four. So they're at every stage there. Um, but that generation is really important to the future. I think they have the potential to be the greatest generation without a doubt. But if you go back to 1999 through now, um, their standard of living for that generation um, is not improved. And so a lot of people are still living paycheck to paycheck. 
Um, and uh, uh, in that time period from 1999 to now, it's only been an average of $22 increase per capita for every year uh, on, on a pay scale, which is, is not much on a standard of living scale. And so this is really about growth and making sure that everyone who's going to be in this future generation is going to have more opportunity, more choice, and the hope for a prosperous future. And so that's where we're at, orienting ourselves and getting ourselves back on track. So with that, we'll let you. Thank you. Jim? Well, good morning, everybody, and also thank you for being here. Um, just add a little to what Eric said. Uh, when it comes to tax reform, we do have to simplify things. I just filed my personal tax return last week. Um, I'm sad to say that I'm not sure our reform is going to simplify my return, but um, it's good to know that I'm still involved enough to understand that. And I and I filed all my corporate tax returns too uh, before the due date. So I'm 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 one of those that not only have to understand the rules, but have to work through them on my own corporate uh, side, business side, which is very good for me because it keeps me in the game keeps me understanding these things. So I look at tax reform a lot different than most because I do think the framework is absolutely great. And uh, I've said that we have to re reduce corporate tax rates. We've done that. We have to reduce tax rates on the middle class. We've done that in the framework. So I compare this as we've got this beautiful car. We still have a lot of parts in around, but we got to go inside that car. So anybody who judges the current, you know, I, I, yesterday I got hit with like 300 um, Texas and, and uh, because I'm running for governors, you know, from the, the other side, saying, well, we're reducing taxes on the wealthy and Renacy is, you know, fixing his paycheck and all this other stuff. And I'm going, that is absolutely ridiculous because nobody knows what the final product is going to be. They know that we're going to reduce corporate rates to 20. They know we're going to have three basic rates on the individual side, but there are a lot of other pieces. We're still talking about a potential fourth rate, which I would support, keeping the highest tax rate there. Um, because I think we need that, we need those dollars. And again, these are things that uh, I know we're talking about in committee and we're gonna be talking about going forward. It's funny because I went to the chairman yesterday on the floor and said, I'm just getting killed on this high rate. And he said, don't worry. He says, we, you know, there potentially still may be a fourth rate. We don't know yet. So, you know, that it just tells you that the chairman's listening and he's trying to make sure that we're, we're working through this as best we can. Um, but there are some issues, as I say, there are some parts on the ground that have to get into the car before it's finalized, and I think those will be the issues over the next couple of weeks. But I also give the chairman credit, he's, uh, he's uh, listening to the conference now, and we're having listening sessions, he's trying to hear what they have to say. The interesting thing will be how many parts we can put in the car that other people want. I think ultimately, though, what we have to look at it is the rate, and you would never hear me say this before, but for instance, those states... Those individuals that are currently concerned about their state tax rates, and you know you're hearing those that say, well, I can't support this because of the, the uh, state and local income tax deduction. If you really think about it, and I see what my mind does is I calculate in my head, when you double the standard deduction, 95% of the people in the country will not itemize anymore. So when somebody argues that, well, we can't eliminate the state and local income tax because it hurts me, well, when 95% of the people will not itemize. Today, by the way, 72% of the people in this country don't itemize. So by doubling the standard deduction, you go from 72 to 95. Um, you're pretty well closing out that itemized deduction anyway. So I think what we have to do, as I try and tell people, let's wait and see what, you know, the final, I'd love for some of the individuals, especially in our conference that are concerned about that state tax, to give us some examples. Let us see some of the individuals and, and what their tax, because remember, we're also reducing the tax rate. 
So I think in the end, we need to look at the rate, we need to look at the process, we need to look at the whole thing. But I do think the framework is good. I'm glad to see we're moving forward. I'm glad to see we're committed to getting it done. Um, because uh, I can tell you in the one hearing we had, everybody said the same thing. We have to reduce corporate tax rates. We have to have a territorial system, and we gotta do it now. Those were the three points that came out of the one tax hearing that we had. And I think that's important. We do have to be competitive in the country. So uh, with that, open it up for any questions. Um, I'm going to start off. Both of you talked about the urgent need to get this done. But is it realistic to expect that this bill can be completed this year? I think it's realistic, absolutely. Um, and I think that's why that final months are going to be very, very busy. And so I think the conference is expecting us to get that done. Um, they're expecting ways and means to move forward. I think when the Ways and Means Committee, we've had our policy hours, which have pretty much been almost every day for the last five months. Um, we've been spending, now some of that might be healthcare or trade oriented, but we spend a lot more time on tax reform where literally we feel like we're almost meeting every day on something. And all that's going to kind of come together now in the final, final, final weeks of the month here. But I think once the budget passes, assuming the Senate budget and the House both are able to accomplish this, yeah, I think then you're going to see ways and means activity just focus purely on, on reform and having, have, have more engagement. I do think there's an uh, opportunity we can get this done, as, as Eric said. Um, I do think there's some issues, though, whenever we are having a tremendous amount of meetings. The problem is those meetings are only 23 members. So the real key is, even though we're talking about it among 23 members, there's still 220 members that that aren't seeing the same progress we're seeing. And I think that's always a difficult part. Um, we have to make sure that the 223 members feel like they're a part of this as well. Because without that, we will we will fall in the same trap we fell in with healthcare. So that's gonna be the real goal over the next couple months, making sure the 223 members also feel they're a part of it. And that's what the chairman's doing today and tomorrow and over the next couple of weeks. And I should just follow up. Uh, Jim's absolutely right. So not only are we having the individual meetings internally, like yesterday we had an individual and family meeting for anyone in the conference to come on that part of the code for the framework, right? So there's an economic, I think, uh, session today. There's going to be a small business session. There's a corporate session, an international component. Uh, those are all happening within the next week, uh, as well as the chairman continues to have his dinners um, in the evening with just members of the conference that aren't on ways and means. So I think... He's been doing that for a long period of time, which has really given them a, a more solid comfort uh, of this is the right direction to go, and, and they feel a little more engaged, because it is hard. Jim and I are in ways and means, and he knows the tax code inside and out just based on you know his personal experiences we were just mentioning, but a lot of our colleagues don't. And so they, in the end, you want them to not only trust Kevin Brady, but trust the members of the committee that this is the right direction to go, because based on what happened with healthcare, I think there's, you know, I think there's their intent up a little bit more, up a little bit more in that. Um, is this going to be a purely Republican effort? Is there a, do you see any chance of Democrats getting on board in either the committee or the floor in either the House or the Senate? Well, so I would say this. After six and a half years of being in Washington, you know, the biggest issue we have is, is politics gets in the way of too many good pieces of policy. And many of you know I have a bipartisan breakfast um, on a weekly basis with, uh, with members of the other side. Um, I still believe that they that they are not going to champion this no matter what we do. Um, they don't feel like they're part of the process. And in some ways, they weren't part of the process, so I understand their concerns. But I do think, uh, you know, 
it'd be great if we can get them on board. I was at a meeting in the White House last week with eight Republicans and eight Democrats and the president talking about tax reform. So I know the president wants to get them on board. Um, and, I, and here's the good thing. What I heard last week at the White House was those members agree that the framework is good. Question is, the pieces on the floor that have to go too far, and that's where we're going to have our problems. But by the way, we're going to have our problems with some of the members of our own conference on some of the pieces on the floor as well. Yeah, and, and I certainly think that opportunity for the bipartisanship on, 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 on many of the major provisions is absolutely there. I do worry that the leadership in the House is pushing back pretty hard. Um, against some of their rank-and-file members in particular. Um, and part of that is, I think, coming out of health care, they just feel emboldened to sort of draw lines in the sand and, you know, prevent uh, progress in some areas. So that worries me for sure. Um, I'd certainly encourage the chairman and leadership, for that matter, to do whatever we can to start out as bipartisan as possible, um, just based on what happened with health care. And the play call they're making is obviously going down that reconciliation route, so there's some concerns there. But it also doesn't preclude anyone from participating or joining in the effort. No one party can stop this process from going forward, which I think is also really good. Um, we're looking now at doing possible uh, roundtables, uh, for instance, myself and Ron Kind, uh, where we share some similar uh, ideas and, and concerns uh, on where reform should go. And so we're trying to engage our uh, folks on the other side as much as possible so they're part of that process and we can be successful. I think ultimately what's if you want this to be lasting in the long term, you want that bipartisanship uh, in, in buy-in uh, as a part of the bill.